Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and greetings from Cannes. It's Michael Leader here, sitting with Adam Woodward. Hello. In the Little White Lies flat. What do we call this? A flat? Uh, apartment. A garret. We're here reporting for Truth and Movies from the Cannes Film Festival. Last night, the proceedings kicked off with the opening night film of The Dead Don't Die, directed by Jim Jarmusch. What are we going to be doing from Cannes this year, Adam? How's the coverage going to run out? So, if anyone listened to our dispatches from here last year, it's going to be something similar, but we're going to throw in a few extra surprises, a few special guests, hopefully, Mm. all sort of TBC still. But yeah, we're going to just be reporting from the festival, I think, trying to give listeners a bit of a a flavour of what it's like to attend and to cover, I guess, the world's biggest film festival as a journalist. And also, reviews will be running on the website for the duration. Yeah, so Hannah will be appearing on this as well, but she's squirrelling away with her her review of uh, The Dead Night at the moment. So that'll be live on the website later on, hopefully. So we've been here for two evenings so far. We've had two pizzas. Yeah. Plenty more to come, I'm sure. What was your favourite? Pizza so mm, far. Because we haven't seen enough films yet to really have a favourite. Favourite pizza. I had a pepperoni last night. It was a bit heavy, though. Mm. That's from La Pizza, the restaurant. I think the La Piazza pizza the night before might have been better. Who okay. had a favourite so far? I would second that. La Piazza, I think, will be returning there a bit more regularly. Mm-hmm. But... We have seen one film yeah. so far, Jim Jarmusch's The Dead Don't Die. Should we go through some reactions to that, that we've had? Yeah, I, ju- I was just um, not long kind of woken up and, and gone on Twitter and sort of seen some of the reactions, mm-hmm. and it seems fairly mixed. I was quite mm-hmm. surprised. Um, actually, at the end of the film, there's a very muted round of applause from the, mm. the press screening we were in. I thought it was a pretty fun opener. Yeah. Generally speaking, in- anything that's picked whether it's in competition or not, anything that's picked as the opening film, I think Cannes has more of a tradition of having slightly more, you know, slightly more middling but entertaining, mm-hmm. maybe broader opening films. I think the first year I was here, the opening film was Midnight in Paris, the Woody oh, Allen film. Right. I think the year after that was like Moonrise Kingdom, Wes mm-hmm. Anderson's film. So, you know, generally speaking, it's something that's going to ease you into the festival. Certainly, I think I preferred this to last year's opener, which was the Asghar Fahadi, Everybody Knows. Mm-hmm. This was sort of inspired by a song in a different way, we found out. Yeah, fascinating, right? This this song by, what was the name of the artist? Sturgill? Sturgill Simpson. Yeah. I think he's a kind of fictional 
country folk singer. He's a completely real country singer. He's is had he? three albums out. Oh, right. Yeah, this is an example of Jim Jarmusch picking, as he has in previous films with, if you think about Only Lewis Left Alive, where they talk about Jack White or Coffee and Cigarettes, where they literally have the white stripes in mm-hmm. there, Tom Waits, etc. He will pick out his favourite musicians and say, you're going to be in my film. Right. And it, it's the title is from the song, which is, I think we can say, a theme song that appears in the film mm-hmm. quite a lot. Yeah. It's um, definitely a Jim Jarmusch zombie movie in every sense of the word. Mm. Exactly what it says on the tin, Ron Seal style, I'd mm. say, isn't it? That deadpan humour, all of the actors you'd expect to be in Jim Jarmusch film, his own music populates the soundtrack with those squalls of distortion and guitar all the way through. All of his little thematic concerns and philosophical quandaries are in there. I must say it was a quite a fun opener for me, but maybe a little bit disappointing compared to his recent run of films. Yeah, it certainly didn't have the, I guess, the central performance or the dramatic heft of something like Patterson, which mm-hmm. was, I think, his last film, certainly to play here. And, uh, you know, he, he's returning with Adam Driver. And I think the cast across the board are pretty good here. Yeah. Maybe not given a huge amount to do. Mm-hmm. Tilda Swinton, I think, is was the star performer for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think on paper, Jim Jarmusch and, and the zombie genre are such a good match because, you know, you have two or, or three different types of kind of historic cinematic zombies. And you've got the 28 Days Later, mm-hmm. Frenzied, Furious, or you've got the classic Romero kind of stumbling, slow, ambling zombie. And, and Jarmusch is definitely, you know, I guess he grew up with those films mm. and, and he's paying more homage to that. And his own laid back, slightly lethargic pace, I think would suit that on paper quite well. I think this just runs out of gas a little bit mm-hmm. because of that. The zombie effects and, and some of the, the more horror inspired scenes, I think are very good and very mm. well executed. But there is a lot of this where it's just Jarmusch in kind of, autopilot mode with his script this character's just kind of idly passing the time I suppose Mm, which is not something it's not something I associate with him really autopilot you think about his films even when they don't work they they don't work because he's going so deep into his own head or following his own muse films like The Limits of Control I know Only Lovers Left Alive the vampire movie had its own mixed reaction its detractors I loved that film Mm, yeah same because it really was a a, he was using the vampire mythos as a way of interrogating his own sense of what poetry and romanticism and art meant to him and same with coffee and cigarettes as well he uses these short vignettes as a an exploration of everything that interests him i don't get that sense here i do wonder all of its pleasures are these surface immediate pleasures and many of those are up front in the cast listing you have bill murray chloe savini tilda swinton tom waits steve buscemi an incredibly stacked cast and there is almost like the the avengers of the jim jarmusch world if you've seen any of his films or if you've seen all of his films there'll be somebody from I think every film he's made popping up again in this. Yeah, it's even like RZA from Wu Tang Clan. Yeah, and you've got Danny Glover. Um, yeah. yeah, it's a real, it's a real kind of great. Even hits. Um, Esther Balance, all the way from Stranger Than Paradise, she pops up again. And Sarah Driver, who's his uh, his partner and long term creative counsel and director in her own right, mm-hmm. she did the Basquiat documentary. I think we talked about it on this very yeah, podcast yeah. last year. She pops up as well as one of the zombies, and it feels like he's almost surveying the cinematic universe that he's created himself mm. and trying to do something with it here. But then there's not, I don't think there's necessarily much more to it than that, which doesn't have to be a problem. It's quite fun. No, which is fine. I think it's a very hard film, I think, to dislike because 
and this is not necessarily a, a negative or a criticism but it feels like no one's really trying too hard with it mm-hmm. you know it's it's kind of a on the surface kind of movie mm-hmm. but that's the dead don't die I suppose we can see what Hannah thought of it later on today when that review goes up. What else are we seeing today, Adam? So this is the first proper day of the yeah, festival. Yeah, so Things the festival now, off. we've got a couple of competition films later on. I'm really excited for a film called Nighthawks. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure. We saw a, a snippet of it during the opening ceremony yesterday, and it looks pretty wild. Mm-hmm. But it's a director called Kleber Mendonca Filo. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think had a film here a few years ago in Cannes. Mm-hmm. Um, generally sort of well regarded so that should be a, a fairly hot ticket early on you're seeing what sounds like a really interesting so I'm already classic I'm going off into the weeds almost immediately here so there are many sidebars and extra selections here one is Cannes Classics which is usually for restorations or documentaries about the art of cinema and it's in a small cinema right up at the top of the palais and you can find some real delights there. In the past, I've seen... I saw there was the documentary about Cary Grant. I saw there... What are the restorations? Of the, I can't even remember, but you'll find some good stuff. This year, they have... The opening film for Can Classics this year is an animated film. This is very much on brand for me, of course. <laughs> listeners will, will know that. It's a 1958 Japanese animated feature, one of the very first features that animated features that Japan created called uh, The White Snake Enchantress. I know nothing about this, but it's just popped up. It's been restored but, you know, 60 years down the line. It's mm. going to be a really fascinating watch. And that's what's good about festivals. You can sometimes go off the beaten track and find something completely unique and different while everyone is engaging with the discourse over the competition films. Exactly, and you'll see that everyone will end up having slightly different schedules and mm-hmm. seeing things at different times as well, but I think we'll be trying to yeah report on the the big stuff as, as, as we see it, but also some of the more interesting, curious stuff from the different sidebars. Because that's, that's something that people don't maybe don't realise about Cannes, is that there is the official selection, yeah. which all is in one massive complex, you know, the, the Palais du Cinema, but then there's Directors Fortnight and Critics Week, which are essentially separate festivals that just happen to be going on at the same time, and they're further down the beach, mm. and it is a dedication of time. You have to walk out half an hour down the road to go to Critics Week and maybe queue up and queue up in the sun or in the rain it's been raining this morning so think of us cowering under umbrellas queuing for two hours with, with the, the awful Critics lot that we have but I guess we'll be checking in again tomorrow probably tomorrow I think this first week is fairly front loaded so mm. I think we'll be trying to keep people uh, across the festival for now and then see how we go next week who should we expect holding microphones in the future more Truth and Movies regulars and yeah, there'll be familiar voices. Yeah, familiar voices. I'm um, going to get a, a few people in across different aspects of the festival. So mm-hmm. maybe some acquis- people from acquisitions roles, uh, people who, who cover it as, as PR. Mm-hmm. We'll see, but hopefully we'll, we'll try and get a few interview clips as well. I'm actually interviewing Jim Jarmusch tomorrow. So oh, fantastic. See if we can get anything out of that. We'll hopefully have a few nice surprises. And we can update with pizzas as we go. Yeah. Adam, thank you for sitting down with me. I'm Michael Eder. This has been Truth and Movies, reporting from the Cannes Film Festival, brought to you by 7Digital. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.